You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. We're going to talk all things SEC with our buddy Carter the Power Bryant, host of Power Hour LSU. He's been covering the SEC for a really long time, so we'll catch up with him. The latest on the SEC quarterback landscape with LSU losing quarterback TJ Finley to the transfer portal. We'll touch on that with Carter. Also, an SEC best and worst traditions. We will run through some of those. A Tim Tebow-Urban Meyer reunion in Florida. We'll give you the details on that. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. And a quick reminder, you can check out all our great Locked on podcasts for any SEC school you're a fan of. Just search for them along the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, join us now. Our buddy Carter, the Power Bryant, been covering the SEC for a long time. Like we mentioned, host of Power Hour LSU on YouTube. Carter, how the heck are you, buddy? And, you know, it's weird. We're at this point of the offseason. Spring has just ended. The dead period's around the corner. But this is my favorite time, Chris Gordy. I, I, I really do believe this. And you and I go way back. We've known each other for a long time. And I understand a lot of people are interested in SEC baseball and uh, these big-time basketball recruits that are coming in. But this is the time that I love because – you know, we, we I like diving deep, Chris, like what your podcast does into this point of the offseason, the coaches that are constantly evolving, the coaches that are rethinking everything that they've already thought of. And this is, you know, pretty generic what I'm about to say, Chris, and I, I know you weren't expecting this, but to me, the most impressive thing is all these Twitter clips of Nick Saban saying <laughs> everything that I knew about football is not right anymore. I've had to evolve. And he was comparing offenses to Al Qaeda and doing all these different things. And that's what makes it so fascinating. We are at this point in the SEC where the coaches have never been better. The bottom half of the SEC has never been better. So a lot of these elite programs like LSU, like Auburn, even Georgia, they better look out because there's a lot of new ideas coming into the SEC. And unless you're like good old Nikki Saban, who, come on, we can all get a little tired of all the Alabama success. You better be evolving. You better be coming into this season with new ideas because we could see an Ole Miss win the SEC West at some point. We could see an Arkansas get to nine or ten wins at some point. That's how good the coaching talent is in the conference right now. Well, it's funny you mentioned this time of the year because it is, I call it silly season at times. Like teams are, you're just looking for something. You're looking for anything you can get. And, you know, sometimes it's bulletin board material. And we just saw this right. past week, you know, Jimbo Fisher speaking to the Houston Touchdown Club in front of a bunch of Aggie alums and donors. And, you know, they're asked about Nick Saban, Alabama, and he says, we're going to beat his ass. Well, that grabs headlines, and I'm going, guys, take this for what it is. Think of who he's talking to. And, of course, they have to take it to Nick Saban. Oh, did you hear what Jimbo said? He's going to beat your ass. He says, oh, in what, golf? And it's funny. <laughs> it is what it is. But I go back to it like, you know, I have some diehard Alabama friends who are like, oh, yeah, you don't think that's going to be plastered in the in the locker room the week we play the Aggies? And I'm going, guys, does Alabama need 
like motivation at this point. Like it's just silly. It's silly on all parts. And and I would say the same thing for any other school. Like you think you know you're talking to Mark Stoops at Kentucky or whoever. It's like you think you can beat Alabama. What do you think he's gonna say? No, we think we can win all the other ones, just not that one. Like come on. Yeah, and this is what's very fascinating is we you know we talk so much about well uh, Nick Saban. Uh, it's all offense now. But if you go look at the 2020 numbers, Alabama, number one in the SEC in yards per attempt. And and that's defensive yards per attempt and offensive yards per attempt. Well, they were in the top three or so in that category. So it's just funny. You know, we get caught up in these quotes or whatnot. Well, of course, Jimbo's going to say that. But here's the thing, Chris. Does Jimbo Fisher have the weapons on the outside to take that next step? We know he's going to have great linemen. I mean, the the Marvin Leal might be the best player in this conference next season. But man, it's it's wild. I mean, I I just don't know what A and M's going to do uh, on the outside at wide receiver. And obviously, I don't even know who their quarterback's going to be next season. So you know, there's all these different questions and all these different coaches that say all these different quotes. But what's fascinating is on top of everything that we just said in the last two minutes or so of this podcast, you now have the transfer portal. You now have all these new avenues and, you know, it's going to change the future of the sport that we love so much. Well, let's jump into it, Carter. Uh, Spring practice just wrapped up the last couple of weeks. We're starting to see some depth charts begin to take shape. Well, let's start with LSU. News comes out on Friday that uh, their quarterback, T.J. Finley, is entering the transfer portal because it you know, was starting to shape up to be a two-horse race between Miles Brennan and Max Johnson to win that job. Just your thoughts on Finley moving on because I thought he was a kid that, you know, for being a true freshman, had some bright moments last year for LSU. Nobody realizes he made you know the most starts last year of any LSU quarterback. And the thing that stood out to me when he first made his first start, I think it was against South Carolina and Will Muschamp's defense, he was poised. I mean, he was very calm and and looked the part. You don't always see that from true freshman quarterbacks, but your thoughts on him moving on and where do you think Finley could potentially end up? Because we're hearing reports that it could be maybe even Texas A&M or Arkansas. Yeah, so first thing here is, you know, on my YouTube channel, I dive deep. So I'll, I'll give my Cliff Notes version of, of what happened here with TJ Finley. Really nothing. You know, last season he got the – raw end of the deal playing some of the tougher defenses uh, compared to what Miles Brennan and Max Johnson did. But even with that said, Miles and Max had separated themselves from TJ Finley. And it really showed, you know, once again, you don't want to take too much away from a spring game, but it, it, it showed in the spring game. Uh, the, the interceptions are still a big issue with TJ Finley. Um, the misses of throws over the middle in that game were, were, were bad and mechanical issues uh, just everywhere. I like TJ Finley. I like that he's a three-star quarterback uh, out of the state of Louisiana. I always cheer for three-star recruits at the SEC level. Um, And I do think he could be a really good SEC quarterback. Not this year, though. Next year and maybe the year after that. To me, he was always a year three, year four guy, but he had to play year one behind an LSU offensive line that just deteriorated. They did not get better. They got progressively worse, especially after the Miles Brennan injury. So I know a lot of people throughout the SEC listen to your show, Chris, and I I want to provide some extra context to the LSU quarterbacking position. Yes, they have a lot of talent in that room. 
Yes, they have Kayshawn Butte on the outside. But the problem is when you compare LSU's offensive line to Texas A&M's offensive line, and then you compare it especially to Alabama's offensive line with Evan Neal and those hosses up front, LSU just sags behind at that position compared to those other offensive linemen. So this is the thing, Chris. The big question for LSU fans going into next season, can they get this offensive line, which does return all five starters and their top backup next season, can that unit give Miles Brennan or Max Johnson or even TJ Finley, if he was still there, could they even give them enough time to throw? That's going to be the big question for LSU next season. Yeah, it will be, and and it will be interesting to see, like I said, like you said, where he ends up. Uh, probably not on the table for oh, this yeah. year, but we're going to hear. You know, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. The SEC is saying, you know, they're going to allow transfers, um, you know, to be immediately eligible at other schools. They're going to have to decide whether they're going to allow that with intra-conference. Now, when every other right. conference is allowing that, SEC is going to look really bad if they say no. So I think they will ultimately allow that. And, of course, we're going to see a lot of these guys who transferred from one SEC school to another SEC school this offseason be immediately eligible and see what kind of impact they can make. Um, sticking with that topic, Carter, let me just go here. Who, in your mind, is the best returning quarterback in the SEC this fall? I'm going to go with Matt Corral, and I'm not in love with that for a few reasons. Obviously, you know, JT Daniels is is definitely in that conversation and then that next tier, especially with who surrounds them, uh, Bryce Young is definitely right there. Now, here's my big issue for Matt Corral, and I really want Ole Miss fans to really think about this, is that, yes, Matt Corral is great. Yes, Matt Corral probably has the best play caller in the SEC West, uh, especially considering now Sark is now at Texas. So, you know, you have those two things. And, Chris, this is the cliché response to, to to people that say, well, Matt Corral will take a step back. They, they say, well, he's not going to have the weapons he had last year. He loses uh, Kenny Yaboa and he loses, obviously, um, uh, Elijah, their great slot wide receiver. But this is where Matt Corral really struggled, Chris. He was horrible away from home. He was so bad in that Arkansas game, and he was so bad against LSU with turnovers. So as many of you know, the biggest difference in SEC football is obviously the fans, and there's going to be more fans in stadiums. And until Matt Corral could show me more consistency playing away from home, I, I, I'm, I'm very nervous about him going into next season because, yes, Arkansas secondary was really good last season, and LSU secondary wasn't that great but they were good at forcing turnovers so yeah the interceptions make sense but still he's got to play better on the road next season if he's going to be the best quarterback in this conference more with carter bright right after this rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks to deliver directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog, very unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose from the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low, and the same for pros or do-it-yourselfers like you and I. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Continue our conversation here on Locked On SEC. Carter, the Power Bryant, joining us now, host of uh, Power Hour LSU. You can find him on uh, YouTube. Just search Power Hour LSU and you will find it there. But Carter has been covering the SEC for a long time. And Carter, just to hit on a couple of uh, bullet points on uh, tidbits out there, uh, according to Billy Lucci over at Texags, Jimbo Fisher is adding a Georgia former Georgia staffer to the coaching roster as a defensive analyst at, o- at A&M. Nick Williams is coming over from Georgia. So uh, Bulldogs just continue to lose grad assistance to other All SEC right. schools. So that continues on. And uh, Rocky Top got some good news as uh, they are uh, adding to the transfer portal. Kansas defensive lineman DeJon Terry has announced his commitment to Josh Heupel. So he'll be uh, joining the Tennessee Volunteers. Has it been crazy for you to keep up with this transfer portal? Just like, I mean, it seems like every day there's two, three guys either coming and going from the SEC. Yeah, you're not going to be able to keep up with any of it. (laughs) I mean, it's just so crazy, right? And, you know, Major Burns is a sexy name. And then Donovan Kaufman. I mean, there's some really good players currently in this transfer portal. And it's wild, right? Chris, because we get all excited about, you know, the two, four, seven recruiting cycles and all these different things. But this is the big question that's going to challenge SEC roster managers. And I'm not just talking about the coaches. I'm not just talking about the analysts, but the assistant analyst whose job it is to do the recruiting and, and, and figure out who's in the portal and who's not in the portal. There's thousands of names in there. Now, what programs are going to have to decide is, well, how many slots should we leave open in our recruiting classes moving forward, Chris? And that is going to change the framework of this sport because commitments that commit early will give teams huge advantages now because now they'll be able to see, well, okay, we only got 10 more slots left. Uh, We're at 15 commits. Uh, so that's going to be so huge moving forward as far as especially the SEC, where there's so many programs where kids can go play right away. Yeah, I love to uh, last summer. I remember I was putting together my depth charts and just kind of, you know, in writing things in pencil, trying to figure out who was going to start where. And man, like Mississippi State just adds two transfer receivers this past week from the Pac-12. And now I'm like, well, my Mississippi State depth charts all messed up because I don't know who's starting there. So I'm really going to have to like wait till July or August till the transfer portal winds down and really start to fill in what could be an actual depth chart for the fall. But let's switch to recruiting real quick, Carter, because recruits will be able to start making campus visits it's next month and one of the biggest recruits arch manning nephew of peyton and eli manning he's going to begin making his visits and i saw the first few schools he's going to visit are clemson smu texas and then from the sec alabama and georgia all of them are scheduled to have visits from arch manning in june you have any early thought on where arch manning could end up obviously he's in lsu's backyard in new orleans but as we know his family went to ole miss and tennessee so any early thought on where Arch Manning could end up? Okay, so th- I, I get this question, Gordy, and it's wild. This is absolutely wild that on my LSU channel, uh, you know, I got over 4,000 subscribers, and I feel really blessed, and I love my viewers, okay? But it's wild that that is the number one question that I tend to get, not <laughs> only from people on the channel, but even 
people that live in my neighborhood, they ask me, what do you think about Arch Manning? He's a Manning. And then we're, but we're also so far away about where he's going to actually end up. So let's, Chris, look at this from a macro viewpoint, right? The big thing isn't necessarily which school will he land. He's obviously going to get to pick wherever he wants to go. But the bigger question is, will it be in the SEC or not? And that to me is more important because, look, LSU is going to be in this race. Alabama for certain is going to be in this race. But if you're either one of those schools, you're still going to get great quarterback recruits. What you hope for is that they don't go to your rival school. So in this case, if you're LSU, if you're Alabama or any of these schools, you want Arch Manning to go to a Texas or even a Clemson or uh, an SMU or wherever to where he you don't have to play him two or three times through the course of your uh, uh, the course of his career. So, you know, from a macro viewpoint, that to me is going to be the big thing. Will Arch Manning stay in the SEC with Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, whoever, or will he go to Texas and and be with Sark? I'm going to give you just a random prediction, Gordy. I'm going to say he ends up at Texas with Steve Sarkeesian. That, but then again, that's just me guessing right now. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Clemson would make a lot of sense, right? With uh, right with Dabo, they're they're a power, and also go build your own legacy, right? I mean, instead of following in your uncle's footsteps, your grandpa's footsteps, go create your own thing. And uh, I could easily see him doing that. But he will be one of the hottest names on the college recruiting circuit. He already is, but now starting in a, in what about three weeks, they'll start to be able to make visits again, and he'll be one of the hot names making a lot of visits. Uh, Carter, Tennessee just announced they're going to open Lindsey Nelson Stadium up 100% capacity this weekend for their series against Arkansas. We saw LSU do the same thing two weeks ago against Arkansas. It feels like this Razorbacks team is getting everybody's best shot. And obviously, look, they're the number one team in baseball. Uh, In your opinion, I know you keep up with Arkansas a lot. How good is this Arkansas baseball team this year? Well, I I want to focus on, on the coach, Dave Van Horn. Okay, now look. I understand. I'm an LSU fan. I grew up in Arkansas, though. And obviously, I want LSU to win in every sport imaginable. But there's no coach I want to win a national championship more than Dave Van Horn, who has been one of the best college baseball coaches in this crazy sport where on every team you can only have 11.7 scholarships. And in the SEC, there's all these great teams, and baseball is totally random. And in the past decade, Dave Van Horn only had one bad season, and he was one out away from a national championship. So I know this is a a little bit of a different diatribe. It's a little bit more, once again, I'm going to use that word again, macro. But if you are an SEC fan, this is a guy that doesn't talk trash. He doesn't take cheap shots. He does things, uh, I hate to say this, the right way. Uh, I don't like to use that. Take that back. But he is a good dude overall. I want Arkansas to win a national championship in baseball just so he could get that validation because this man deserves it. I mean, look at all the powerful programs in the SEC, and this guy has built Arkansas into what it is now. So, yes, they're getting a little unlucky with the, you know, the capacity and the more fans, and everyone knows about college baseball stadiums. And, you know, a lot of SEC fans know about Kevin Copps and that really talented baseball uh, pitching staff that Arkansas has there. 
But just me personally, I, I really would like to see Dave Van Horn win a national championship. But I know baseball's random and it's wacky. And, you know, the Florida State coach went to 17 World Series and never won one of them. It's so random. But still, I, I am pulling for Dave Van Horn to finally get his title. More with Carter Bryant right after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Head to their website right now, betonline.ag. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. We've got the NBA playoffs right around the corner. Regular season wraps up this weekend, so you know you want to get in on some of those series, future bets. You think the Lakers will win it all or somebody else. Get in on the action. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. You can track, check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head over to their website, and when you sign up, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Sign up today on your mobile device, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games before they start. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Our final segment with Carter, the Power Bryant. A reminder, you can find him at Power Hour LSU on uh, YouTube, and you can find him on Twitter at Carter, the Power, one of the best followers out there uh, talking all things LSU, but also covering all things SEC. And uh, Carter, I'm excited. Only a couple of weeks away. I know we're in May, but we'll have June, and then we're into July, and the return of SEC media days, and it sounds like everything's going to kind of – they're going to be back to a little bit of normalcy for that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to being back in uh, in Hoover, Alabama in just a couple of weeks. And, man, this will be – I mean, we get Leach, we get Kiffin. Like, SEC Media Days, this is going to be probably the most entertaining one. Oh, yeah. And this is the most fascinating thing about the SEC, Chris. And I know I shared this uh, to, to start our segment. It's always fun hanging out with you. But you know what makes the SEC wild is that the – bottom half of the conference especially on the west side is so good it is so good uh you, you look at lane kiffin you look at mike leach they're a nightmare to coach against they're an offensive mastermind that can out scheme any defensive coordinator out there i mean look, look at all the points Ole miss put up on alabama last season it's unreal and then you know arkansas's got a good thing going with with their coaching staff with Pittman and two great coordinators with with um uh, with Bryles and Odom. But then, you know, you look at the East. I, I'm excited to, to see what Kentucky's going to do after, you know, the Terry Wilson era. Or Are they going to be something different offensively? I know they can run the football, but can they get vertical in their passing game? So, you know, you look at all of that, Eli Drinkowitz, who's, you know, low-key, probably one of the more entertaining quotes in college football. So, yeah, media days is going to be fun, but I'm more excited about the bottom half of the SEC being better than really it's ever been before so you know that's the thing i'm looking forward to because look if you're lsu you're a&m you're you're auburn and you historically recruit better than those schools each one of these schools have a coaching staff that can really coach so you better be on your p's and q's next season all right, I got to get to this, Carter, because um, I saw one of the websites out there. Oh, it was on Twitter. Big Game Boomer put this out there, and they listed the best and worst tradition for every school, and they included okay. all the SEC schools. And so I wanted to run through some of these and see what you thought. We'll start with Alabama. They said the best tradition at Alabama 
is chain restaurants, which I think is a weird one. But they say the wor- the worst tradition is Rammer Jammer. Now, look, if you're a Bama fan, you love the Rammer Jammer chant. If you're not, you probably hate it, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, Rammer Jammer, what is it, Yellow Hammer? Who the double hockey sticks are? I, I don't know. Give them hell, yeah, Alabama. I'm, I, yeah, I'm I'm fine with all of it. You know, I was lucky when I was at LSU to go to Tuscaloosa for a lot of games. And look, Tuscaloosa is a fine town. Is it a top five SEC city? I don't know. I would give it a top five campus and stadium atmosphere. And the chance not the worst, but it's not the best. The Ole Miss chant is is by far the worst, but. <laughs> To each their own. Uh, Arkansas, they list best tradition calling of the hogs, worst tradition running through the A. Agreed on both of those. <laughs> calling the hogs, it's very unique, and it's crazy, like all these chants are. But running through the A, yeah, a little overrated, not quite as iconic as the other run-throughs that we have in the SEC. See, I'd put it, if you're not an Arkansas fan, you put it up there with Rammer Jammer and one of the worst traditions that you hate it if you're an opposing <laughs> or if you're an opposing SEC t- fan. What about Auburn? They list the uh, War Eagle Fly-In, which I do agree is one of the better ones. I've seen it in person. They list the worst tradition at Auburn, the Tiger Walk. That's like, that's being real nitpicky if you're saying that's the worst. Yeah, Auburn... I will say this, the best pregame experience, I, and, and trust me, I, I'm an LSU bias or whatever, dun, 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 but Auburn flying a daggum eagle is just so cool, and I got to experience <laughs> that live. So, you know what, as far as pregame experiences, I'm actually going to roll with them at number one. I like that, Chris. Uh, Florida, they list the Gator Chomp as best tradition. Worst, they say Mr. Two-Bits. Of course, that was uh, George Edmondson, the the, the cheerleader, yeah. and all that. But Gator Chomp again. If you're a Gator fan, it's a great tradition. If you're a, if you play in Florida, you hate the Gator Chomp. Yeah, don't tase me, bro. No, I'm kidding. That's old school. <laughs> but uh, no, Flor- uh, Look, uh, Ben Hill Griffin is just wild, especially at night. So yeah, I mean the Gator Chomp's fine. Uh, a little lame, but it's fine. Georgia, they list Ugga as a great tradition. I agree with that. Worst tradition, barking at children. Yeah, I think just barking in general is not a very good uh, tradition. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we, you know, I, I'm about to say something bold here, and I know this is going to create so much chatter with your viewers and listeners. Athens, number one SEC city, though. It's number one for me, and I understand that they'll – People in Baton Rouge are going to hate me for that. But Athens is such a great college town. And I've only been once, but it's the best. So just Georgia, everything's just great. Uh, Kentucky, they list basketball season as their best tradition. Uh, yeah, I mean, hard to argue with that. Now, they list worst tradition as, da- as the Daily Double. Now, as someone who's married to a Kentucky alum, that's where you go to Keeneland Racetrack early in the afternoon to bet on the ponies and then head over to – uh, the stadium for the football game that night. That's an awesome tradition. Who doesn't like that? Like that's whoever put that as worst is, is a moron in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like Kentucky. LSU. They list uh, best tradition, night games, worst tradition, tiger bait again, falls in that category. If you're playing LSU. Yeah. You hate when people are pointing at you yelling tiger bait, tiger bait, tiger bait. Yeah. And there's so many other iconic LSU traditions. And here's the thing, Chris, a lot of people are going to say, well, you're Mr. Power Hour LSU just being biased about this. Well, look at the national media. Look at the 
PFT commenters. Look at the SVPs, the Rosillos of the world, the Andy Staples that all the time rave about LSU's traditions and, and neck and all these things. There's traditions there that are banned and people still clamor for it. So as far as traditions are concerned, just based on what I read from the national media who go to all these stadiums and cover all these teams, you know, I think a lot of them like LSU's traditions the best, most notably, like you said, night games in Tiger Stadium. Yeah, when opposing team opposing fans are always rooting for that 230 game in Baton Rouge. They don't want to play night games <laughs> in Baton Rouge. Mississippi State, they list, again, best tradition, cowbells. Uh, other people would say that's the worst tradition. And then worst tradition, they put bully the bulldog. That's that's pretty mean to the bulldog, and I think that's touting the cowbells because if you're playing against State, you hate the cowbells. I agree. You know what? I think it is the best tradition at Mississippi State because every single one of us say it's the worst tradition. That means they're doing something really <laughs> effective. And the cowbells are very effective, especially if you go as a visiting fan. And I actually agree. And look, I, I, I love dogs. But when you think Bulldog in the SEC, I didn't even know the Mississippi State Bulldogs name everybody knows Ugga <laughs> and they would, and I would even put the, the, uh, I, I don't remember the dog's name at Texas A&M. I'll even put that dog Revelry. over the, yeah, rebel. Yeah. So over the Mississippi state dog, even though they're named the bulldog. So yeah, I, I actually agree with, with, with both of those. Uh, Missouri, they list homecoming as their best tradition. Very, uh, <sighs> a lot of pomp and circumstance around that. Tiger tails they list as the worst. I'm assuming that's uh, when they wave the the tiger tails in the in the crowd. That's kind of lame. Uh, jump to Ole Miss. The Grove they list as the best tradition. I would agree that's probably top five overall. Worst tradition again. They put Walk of Champions. Who cares about the Tiger Walk at Auburn or the Walk of Champions at Ole Miss? I'm I'm actually going to go opposite here. I'm going to go the Grove. Now look, I'm going to say it's slightly overrated, and I understand. The Ole Miss fans are going to come after me, and, I under, and, and I'm ready for it because I've said it before, and I had Ole Miss trolls jumping into my live shows, <laughs> just, just coming out. Gordy, you can be – I understand. you got to be diplomatic here. Yeah. Okay? And, and you got you to like everyone's traditions, all right? But, look, Ole Miss, probably the best baseball tradition with, with the outfield and people throwing the, the drinks in the air. I think that's dope. That looks like an EDM raid. It is incredible, and it's very <laughs> underrated. The, uh, but the Grove is slightly, slightly overrated. Just slightly overrated. Well, look, anytime I can drink out of a red Solo cup under a chandelier outside, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Uh, South Carolina, they list best tradition, 2001, a space odyssey. Um, and then their worst tradition, the screeching chicken. Yeah, I, I could see yeah. that. How do you not I, include... Why do you not include Sandstorm in there? That's the best tradition at yes, South Carolina. Yes, I agree. Uh, Tennessee, their best tradition, they list the Vol Navy. I, I agree. I think that's very cool to tailgate on the boats. And they list the worst tradition, the Rock, which is always painted and uh, decorated right. in different ways. No problem with those. Uh, right. uh, the last two, Vandy, they list the Admiral as the best tradition. Worst tradition, the Victory Flag, which... It's funny, I was just reading about the victory flag, and it was like, yeah, when we raise that flag up there, it's awesome. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a pretty lame tradition when you raise a flag. But the Texas A&M, I got to go. They list best tradition, Midnight Yell, which is very unique to them, but worst tradition, male cheerleaders. And I absolutely agree with that one. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that that last one. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with the Mets. I mean, but you gotta have you've gotta have cheerleaders. I'm sorry, you've got that's so iconic. And think about all the photo opportunities kids have with those cheerleaders. They love that as much than than taking photos with players. It's just such an iconic thing, and you don't get that at at Texas A&M. But I agree, the midnight yell, underrated Tennessee tradition. And I don't know about you, Gordy, but those checkerboard end zones are so iconic to me. I don't know why I've always liked it. It's just unique. It's different. So I'm going to go with that as the most underrated SEC tradition as far as stadium design. Well, and and can I admit something? I kind of like Rocky Top. I know it's. Yeah. I know people hate it. I know it's. It's. I. I can dig Rocky Top of all the songs across the SEC. I'll listen to Rocky Top over and over again. Yeah, and I, I, Rocky Top was in my head because my favorite SEC player when I was young was Peerless Price, and I just. I just every time he and I understand he's Tennessee. I have no allegiance or hatred towards Tennessee, <laughs> but and you you would hear Peerless Price score a touchdown, and then Rocky Top. Ah, it's my childhood right there. What a random player to be. <laughs> I love Peerless Price. The name, the name Peerless Price. That is such an iconic SEC name. Like like Champ Bailey. That's just such a dope name. But you know, Champ's like this, you know, Hall of Famer. You know, Peerless Price. You have to be a diehard SEC fan to understand the name Peerless Price because he was around the time when you know there's Peyton Manning and, and bigger stars there. But Peerless price it just rolls off the tongue beautifully well carter we can't thank you enough for jumping on with us man always good to talk sec with you you can follow him on twitter at carter the power and of course search power hour lsu on youtube and from what i understand you're what chasing ten thousand subscribers by football season yeah and i am currently at four thousand subscribers man you got to dream big i am I am the Clark Lee telling my team we're going for a championship this season. And I like Clark Lee and I like that they hired Barton Simmons and they're thinking outside the box, but that is the same thing. I know I'm not going to get the 10 K subs before the season, but you got to believe Gordy, you've got to believe. And I'm believing it will happen. Yeah. I love it. Carter. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Anytime, bud. (laughs) All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks to uh, Carter the Power. Join us there. Check him out. Power Hour LSU. We'll be back tomorrow for an all-new edition of Locked on SEC, talking all things SEC. A lot of football tidbits and stuff going on. Join us, won't you? Locked on SEC and LockedOnSEC.com, where you can find all of our stuff. And a reminder, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.